Hey, what's good? Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am Keon, pastor of Wellington Heights Community Church, and Happy New Year. Right now, we are continuing Seeds, which is our virtual services. Seeds will continue to be the first and third Sunday of every month, and you can catch us live at 10 a.m. on Facebook Live or YouTube Live. Uh, we are finishing up our series focusing on our core values. Before Advent, we touched on a couple of them. I wanted to spend some time uh, reviewing them. The first one being relocation, which is God's call for some of us to relocate, return, or remain in neighborhoods that are highly dense, highly diverse, and highly deprived. The next one was reconciliation, which is simply God's work to reconcile all things and how we are called to be agents of reconciliation and agents of restoration. Then we touched on God's call for us to steward our gifts in an equitable way. We call this redistribution. Uh, the next one I love to talk about, uh, it's leadership development, but specifically leadership development in the neighborhood or indigenous leadership development. A lot of times we spend time only developing people outside of these urban settings, but God is working in people in the urban setting as well. And lastly, we touched on church base. This talks about how the church must be the base for all good works to happen. We love nonprofits, but the reality is a lot of nonprofits exist because the church isn't doing its job holistically. The church has said, hey, we will take care of all of the spiritual stuff, you can take care of the mental, the physical, the social, and the psychological stuff. We can't have this happening. God has called us, the church, to be the body, uh, a holistic, to demonstrate the holistic gospel. Uh, you can catch up with these sermons on Facebook, on our Facebook page, and our Apple podcast, and our Spotify. Um, today, we're going to be touching on one of the values called listening to the community. Now, this is a foundational value because it's something that we do every day. And you'll see that it's this, this is a value that's seen all over scripture. And so before we get started, would you join me in prayer? God, you are creator of everything. And we thank you so much that you have listened to us. God, we thank you so much that you sent your son down and he showed us how to live, God. And he showed us uh, that we must live a life of service to you and service to, to each other. God, we thank you for this word that you are giving us today. Open our ears, open our hearts uh, to your word today. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. I remember the first time I ever went to counseling. I, I was a little reluctant as counseling in my family and cultures is either seen for crazy people or seen as weak, almost as if you've given up. I had just started a, a new position as associate pastor, and it was required for every staff member to, to take counseling once a month. I remember the first days I was asked to talk through my family dynamics growing up and give kind of like a narrative of my life. As I spoke and questions were being asked, I began to find out things about myself. Good things, sad things, things that shaped the way I acted and coped with life. But the biggest thing that I felt was listened to and heard. I never knew how important it was to be listened to. It was empowering. It, was, it gave me dignity. I grew up in a large family. I was number eight out of nine, and I, I uh, was raised in an under-resourced part of town where a lot of people wouldn't even drive to. Uh, many 
many of my friends' parents wouldn't uh, would hesitate to even give me a ride home after practice. Uh, couple that with fears of black people in America, uh, I was the recipe uh, for being overlooked and underheard or unheard. The truth is, everyone wants to be seen. Everyone, everybody wants to to be heard. Most people have experienced neglect and rejection. However, some of the deepest forms of neglect and rejection and being unheard are in urban areas. These places have experienced generational poverty caused by racist systems. And these systems lift up those who are rich, uh, uh, have money, uh, or have a, a known last name. These places are highly dense, uh, highly diverse, and highly deprived. Therefore, most people from the outside uh, see these places as condemned or God-forsaken. And they see people living there as lazy, unskilled, untalented, people milking the system and playing the, the victim card, the race card, or the poor card. Thus, they have nothing to offer, and, and this is what they actually pass to their kids about these places and about these people. On a good note, though, uh, there are people who want to help, uh, who want to see underserved places flourish. Unfortunately, uh, the majority of churches, uh, the majority of businesses and individuals do this uh, as a, just an extension of their ministry, not as a part of their DNA. It's, it's more of a project. Uh, they may focus uh, on meeting the overt needs of the area on an annual basis, uh, doing ministry at an arm's length, but, but they, they don't want to really address the, the, the chronic needs. See, the, the biggest miss with this method is that uh, the people in the neighborhood aren't a part of the programs being built. They're just being served. Uh, this creates a giver-receiver relationship. How you start a relationship can determine how the relationship will go in the future. This is why listening to the neighborhood, listening to the community is a foundation of how we engage Wellington Heights. Uh, oftentimes, people could uh, come from the outside with their ideas and their dreams uh, of saving the neighborhood. They, they come with statistics on how bad the neighborhood is and why their program will save it. Uh, though they mean well, they have already lost. Uh, they believe that their ideas and their dreams are the ones that need to be built on. See, Listening to the community as a value is, is saying that generally the people living in the neighborhood have the best ideas for solving the neighborhood's problems. And unfortunately, they are the, the least likely to be giving a seat at the decision-making table uh, to, to, to help flourish these neighborhoods. See, when we come in and invite people to tell their stories, to tell their dreams and, and share their concerns and share their talents, it brings dignity. And, and when we come and when, when we can come together uh, and, and, and live out the calling of their lives, that's when we can slowly uh, make a change. See, listening to the community is totally a biblical practice. 
Uh, it was it was first practiced by God in Genesis 2. God saw Adam, uh, he saw that Adam was lonely, and, and so he gave him some animals. But Adam lamented to God, uh, uh, he talked about his loneliness, uh, that the animals just wasn't going to cut it, God. And God listened to Adam. Uh, he listened to Adam's uh, longings for companionship. And then God created woman, which Adam exclaimed, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. We also see it uh, in, in Exodus chapter 3, uh, verse 7 through 8. It says, The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the, the hand of the Egyptians and bring them out up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. See, listening to the listening to the people, listening to the community is what Jesus did in his ministry. It's it's what a lot of his ministry con, con, consisted of. There are plenty of examples of scripture of how Jesus listened to the people and empowered the people, but I wanted to focus on this one in Mark. Here we have a, a poor and a blind beggar. Uh, and, and listen to what Jesus, uh, uh, this, this, listen to, look what, at what Jesus does when, when he hears uh, this blind beggar calling out to Jesus. It says, As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that, G, that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him or bring him to me. So they called the blind man and said, cheer up on your feet. Jesus is calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Now, now watch what Jesus says to him. He says, what, what do you want me to do for you? And Jesus, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith hath healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. You see, here we have a beggar who has spent most of his life begging for money. His blindness was probably the reason he begged, and it probably paid, played a, a benefit for him. In other words, uh, being blind is the one that is the thing that actually gave him money because people would feel, feel, feel bad that he's blind, so they would give him money. But Jesus didn't assume uh, what the beggar needed. When, when the beggar called his name, Jesus could have told the disciples, uh, hey, just go ahead and give him a few dollars and, so that he can calm down. No, Jesus said, bring him to me. Then, uh, then he asked him an open-ended question. Remember, the man was a beggar, so it would have been appropriate for Jesus to ask him to, to, to straight up to just, hey, how much do you need? But Jesus didn't do that. By, by Jesus calling the blind man to him, 
and allowing him to speak, he was able to restore his dignity and reveal to the public that the blind man has value and is an image bearer, not, not a nobody like the, the crowd probably uh, thought he was. And lastly, by, by Jesus asking the question, what can I do for you? What do you need from me? He gave the blind man a voice and power to speak of his own concerns and his own dreams. See, very often, pains of life is not re relieved. There is, a, there is the cry of a great desire, but the answer uh, that is needed does not come. Only the fading echoes of one's lonely cries. The flourishing of societies, systems, and people groups can only truly happen when the cries of the undesired, the unheard, and most oppressed are heard and taken seriously and acted on, with them included in the process of flourishing. Just as God included all of us, uh, we are deprived. He included us into his plans. We must do the same. At Willington Heights Community Church, we believe that God is here in Willington Heights. Where many see this, Willington Heights as a place of high crime rates and, and quickly write it off, uh, placing the blame on the people for being lazy or, or not pulling up their non-existent bootstraps. They are just accoling uh, the, the, the quote, what, what good could come from Nazareth or any other under-resourced community in Cedar Rapids in our country or in our world. They undermine the decades of uh, racist, racist systems that influence lifestyles. They forget that, in, that intentional physical distance uh, that exists between blacks and whites, rich and poor, educated and uneducated. Uh, they are too busy defending their own innocence before God and man as to why the depravity of this world, they have nothing to do with the, the depravity of this world. What we all should be doing is listening to the stories of those who cry out. Listening to those stories. Listen to the story of the, of the woman who was raped and nobody could help her because there is a lack of, of sexual assault nurse examiners. Listen to the stories. Listen to the story of the man who is in jail facing charges for, for murder. Uh, for a situation he had little control over because of mental health or, or gang influence or, or just flat-out survival. Listen to the story of the youth who, who started carrying a gun, not because he wanted to, but because his life was threatened. Listen to the stories. Listen to the, the, the story of the person of color who, who feels trapped because they can't be their authentic self at work because it is seen as different, wrong, or just not our culture. Listen to the story of those who are depressed because they have a secret that they've been keeping quiet to themselves for years. Listen to these people. Listen and do not judge. Listen even if you are offended, convicted, or disagree with their stories. Don't be quick to speak. Remember, you don't get to tell someone if their reality is real. We don't get to redact someone's story. Hey, we listen to the community because Jesus listened to us. We listen to the community because it is made up of image bearers, people who have potential, people who are already using their gifts, people who have uh, so much to offer. 
At Willington Heights Community Church, we are not uh, coming in to save a community. We're simply coming alongside what God is already doing here. We want to enable people, create community. We want to enable people to use their gifts uh, and, and remind them, empower them that they have worth and dignity and value because they are made in the image of God and, and because of the work of Jesus on the cross. We listen because God first listened. We love because God first loved us. In John chapter one, it says that the word became flesh and lived among us. Another version says that he came into the neighborhood. And while he was on earth, he got close to those society saw as undesirable. People who society says that they had nothing to author, offer. Jesus knew he would, he would be ridiculed uh, for being uh, close to these people, but he did it anyway. The question that we all should be asking ourselves is, why would he be willing to take ridicule to be close to those who are undesirable and not taken serious? How does Jesus' actions make you feel? Maybe you're even mad at me for asking the question altogether. Sit with that. Hey, we have a mediator, and his name is Jesus. He shows us how to live, and he can relate to our struggles. Jesus decided to come down to a deprived earth, not to condemn it. According to scripture, it says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save the world through Jesus. Whoever trusts in him is not going to be condemned, but made alive. If you are looking to take steps in following Jesus, this Jesus who teaches us to, to listen to those who are unheard. This, this Jesus who died on the cross for all who are broken. If you're wanting to take steps to, to follow this Jesus who has uh, taken the pain uh, away from you, who will take the pain away from you, who will walk with you through the pain, who, who, who has a plan for your life, I encourage you to cry out to him on your own time. Say, God, I want you to work in my life. I encourage you to do that. And if you need someone to walk through this process with you, please contact us. Hey, we have a God who loves us and wants to hear from us. God has given you gifts and talents and abilities, and he wants you to share those with your neighbors. If you find yourself looking for how I could join in in God's work. Start by listening to your friends, listening to your family members, making a call. You are not just meant to, to keep your gifts uh, to yourselves. Uh, you're, not, you're not just supposed to be waiting for someone to ask you, but actively be looking for ways you can listen to people, uh, give people dignity, uh, use your gifts to, to help people. God wants us to join his work toward reconciling all things. And, and Jesus, he is so excited for you to continue to, to walk out his uh, goal to restore all things, to reconcile all things. 
And I'm so happy that you've joined us today. Uh, as I close, I wanted to close and just and just say a, a prayer, um, praising God for for you, praising God for what He has done and what He's gotten us through, uh, but also praising God for what He's going to do, what He's about to do, uh, not only in Wellington Heights but uh, throughout the city of Cedar Rapids. So, would you join me in prayer? God, you are the creator of everything. We thank you so much that you listen to us. God, you give ear to us. God, and we we thank you for that, God. And we actually ask for forgiveness of times we haven't taken advantage of your ear, God. God, move us to call out to you, to pray to you. God, and help us to do the same uh, to our neighbors. God, if, if we see someone as less, God, change that. Help us to see people as made in the image of God. We thank you so much that we uh, are have been given dignity, value, and worth because we are image bearers, God. And I ask that you would do work in those who, who don't know you, Jesus. God, we thank you so much that you, you want us and you desire us. Uh, thank you so much, again, for your listening and teaching us how to, to be uh, lovers of people. We thank you for all of this in Jesus' name and let the people say, Amen. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Remember to turn on your notifications to be the first to listen to future episodes. Also, be sure to like and share this podcast and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We are relying upon the benevolent gifts of donors to continue our ministry in an urban setting. So if you are compelled to give, please give a gift at donorbox.org backslash WHCC. Hey, thank you and be blessed.